Lake Baikal stretches across southern Siberia and it contains enough water to exceed all of the Great Lakes combined. It's so large it's said to be a leading candidate for Earth's next ocean as it continues to grow. For now, its freshwater shores and depths are home to a variety of plants and animals. But what happens when this immense inland sea freezes over with six feet of ice? The winter always requires the best of every species, but in this unique ecosystem, one marine mammal uses persistence and ingenuity to thrive in this otherwise inhospitable season. But that's what it takes to survive freezing temperatures in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info, and I'm Joe. I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a seal that can play the saxophone, but not really. And there's not much more on that later. He can play the saxophone. I totally believe that. There's a meme of a seal, like, spinning around in a pool playing a saxophone. And that is the Baikal seal, which is what we're talking about today. Did you watch the video? There, yeah, there's like a some Russian seals and they're training, training them. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely blowing into that plastic saxophone. I, mean, I don't think so. I think they're like, I think they're like, it's like a lip sync thing with a track. Tune, it's not on tune and it's not on rhythm. It's just oh, like, well, I, I, it was a really, I, I watched a video with a really weird bad song, and it definitely was a track playing. Like there huh. was, there was a full instrument, some of which were not featured with seal uh, musicians. Oh yeah, I thought that was just like audio cues for them to just it could spin be. around and play. It, stranger things have happened. Strange things are happening. Yeah, but yeah, we're talking about the the bicall seal. I think most would agree that it's bicall, like aw, instead of bicall. Or Bacal. Michael W. Smith. <laughs> uh, Michael Buble. <laughs> uh, which actually kind of works into the major fact that we're talking later on. But here are some nicknames. Actually, uh, we call it the Baikal seal, but uh, the locals in the area call it the Nerpa, which is also its um, plural form. So, like sheep. So, you know, you have one Nerpa, a group of Nerpa. I nerpa, he she, he, she. nerpa. Yeah. So I'll probably call it the nerpa just because it's fun. Uh, the, but we'll also call it the uh, the chubby water pupper, and the bicall blubber bubble buddy. <laughs> Stop SpongeBob referencing. <laughs> it's two in a row. Uh, so let's taxonomize this, shall we? It is in the name of the show, so we can't get by without it. Um, it's in a kingdom. You you may know it, you may love it, but you're definitely in it. And that kingdom is the one and only 
Animalia. Ooh. Phylum is Chordata. Uh, class is Mammalia. Um, the order is Carnivora, because this thing eats other animals. Um, and it's a male, a, ma- a mammal. So if you're a mammal and you eat other animals, uh, you are in the order Carnivora. But also, apparently, you get to be in the order Carnivora if you're a mammal that eats only fruit, like the Kinkajou. The clade is Pinnipeda, which is um, seal-like animals. Basically, carnivorous, fin-footed, semi-aquatic mammals, including walruses, sea lions, and elephant seals, and true seals, which true seals are only in the family Fossidae. So, kind of like we call a lot of things bugs that aren't actually bugs. Um, you might look at a sea lion and call it a seal when it's not a true seal. The only true seals are earless, meaning they don't... I mean, they have ears. They have ways of uh, listening to things, but... They no are, external ears. Yeah, there are just holes in their head. So, yeah, true seals are earless seals, and they are in the family Fossidae. And the genus for the, uh, the, the Nerpa is um, Pusa... P-U-S-A. And the species is Sibirica. So Pusa Sibirica is the binomial nomenclature for the Baikal seal. And since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. And that part of the show is Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? What is the term of venery for this animal or collective noun um so we're gonna do seals i don't think we've done seals before so that's good so what would you say if you saw a group uh just seals in general but you could also say the same thing for nerpa uh if you saw a group of nerpa would you say hey look at that a pod of nerpa would you say b a plump of nerpa would you say c a pack of nerpa or D, a battalion of Nerpa. I am going with... I'm going to go with a pack. Final answer. Final answer. Incorrect. The answer was plump. Welp. I thought I thought that would stump you just because that definitely looks like something that I would put in there. Yeah, that, that's exactly what my thought process was. And pod is already reserved for cetaceans. It so. was really... It, my thought process was actually, like, I hate plump so much. <laughs> I, I have to give the powers that be the benefit of the doubt and just go with something that makes more sense. And, uh, nope. It's the worst. And, okay. I like plump. I, it's just... it's It, it works. It, it conjures up a specific connotation that, you know, like, chubby or fat wouldn't uh wouldn't quite do it but plump it doesn't is, plump is nice it's a it's good it's like it's, you know that person is festively plump but it doesn't make me think about a group of things that's true a clump that that would <laughs> I, that's a group of eddie murphy characters so let's let's talk about uh what this looks like okay what does what it what does our little uh chubby water pupper look like uh so the the Nerpa is pretty sealish. I mean, it's your it's your garden variety seal in terms of its overall appearance. It's got a large, uh, plump, oblong body. Um, it's got bifurcated flippers instead of hind legs. Long pectoral flippers 
up near its chest uh, for steering in the water. It has an absolutely adorable puppy face with huge black eyes, a little button nose, and puffy cheeks with long whiskers coming out. It's like everything that is cute about dogs right there. And I know Yeah, I like not, I like how dogs have the the bifurcated flippers. Yeah, mostly the face. <laughs> <laughs> but if my dog Yoshi had bifurcated flippers, he would most certainly be a seal. No, he'd be more like a sea lion cuz he has ears. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Seals actually have short, thick claws on the ends of their flippers, and that helps them, you know, uh, grip onto things and, and get around on land or on floating chunks of ice. As pups, and they are called pups as uh, as babies, which is even cuter. Uh, they have white fur and little black eyebrow tufts, and just look up a picture of these guys. They, I mean, it's great. It'll make your day. Um, as adults, however, their fur is black or sometimes gray, uh, black with gray on the back, and it becomes brownish as the the coat gets worn down. Um, and then eventually, the nerpa needs to molt its fur and don a new coat. But uh, some rare specimens have spotted coats, kind of like a leopard. Or like uh, a leopard seal. True. <laughs> but overall, the 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 nerpa is one of the smallest true seals, and males and females actually are pretty similar in uh, size and appearance. So they have very l- little sexual dimorphism, which is the difference between males and females within a species. But how do they compare to other seals? Or I imagine how do they compare to Lake Baikal, <laughs> which I imagine will be the measure up. Uh, situation. If you're starting off incorrect, but let's oh. get into the measure up, uh, the beloved segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up or maybe barking. Uh, send it into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We have no new measure up intros this week. So we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. Marvelous. Uh, without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Oh, I don't like it. Is it? <laughs> oh, I don't like that at all. Is it La Llorona? <laughs> no. Is it a screech owl? A. Is it B, a mountain lion? Is it C, a polecat? Or is it D, a tortoise? A tortoise. It sounds like a kid just having the biggest meltdown. <laughs> Do you know what a polecat is? It's, it's just a cat that you have on the end of a stick. You tie to the end of a stick. It's the it's the most formidable uh, weapon of arms. No, it is a um, it's a, like a it's a mustelid. It's kind of like a weasel or like a ferret. Okay. Most people don't know this. They think that uh, swords were the most common uh, weapon in medieval times, but it was actually polecats. <laughs> hmm. I know nothing about polecats. It doesn't sound. Like a mountain lion. 
And um, what were the other options? Screech no. Owl and Screech Tortoise. Owl. Man, it would be wild if it was a tortoise. But I think they make like grunting sounds, not horrific screech sounds. Um, screech Owl definitely seems like something you just you would throw in there for sure. So I'm going to go with Polecat. Final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. It oh. is a mountain lion. Oh, yeah. just just having a fun time in in the darkness. Uh, <laughs> tortoise was in there just to be a red herring, just just to attract attention. I there's no way it was a tortoise, but it would have been crazy <laughs> if it was. Uh, but yeah, mountain lion. Polecat was just in there because I knew it was something that was like. What is a polecat? Is that a cat? Is that a fair? What does what the polecat say? What does that say? Uh, but let's jump right into thanks, uh, Mountain Lion. Uh, let's jump right into length. They are one point one to one point four meters, or three point or three feet and seven inches to four feet and seven inches. Let's call it four feet. I'm feeling charitable. Uh, how many Baikal seals? Go into the record ice thickness of Lake Vida. Lake Vida? Yeah. Like the the newest lake from PlayStation, the makers of uh, the PSV. Uh, Sony's newest lake. <laughs> uh, here's a hint. Lake Vida sees the thickest non-glacial ice on Earth. The lake is located in Antarctica. Antarctica. Uh, and it's thick. It's thickened as meltwater collects on the frozen ice and freezes over. Hmm, so it freezes over, and then more ice water just like runs onto it and freezes, making it thicker and thicker. Huh. Imagine ice can get really thick. 500 feet sounds like the most thick anything's ever been. So I'm going to go with non-glacial. I'm going to say, say 100 feet. I mean that's that's a ten story building. That's gotta be it's gotta be a lot. So we're gonna go up with a hundred feet. And this guy is four feet four feet long. Mm-hmm. So a hundred divided by four is twenty five. So we're gonna have to go with twenty this sound this I I mean I know I'm wrong, but twenty five. Final answer. Final answer. The correct answer is twenty two. No. Yeah. yeah. The, the ice is uh, 27 meters or 88.6 feet thick. Sweet. <laughs> 22.15. Get that uh, guess down. Okay. Let's see if you your luck carries to weight. The weight of a Michael seal is 63 to 70 kilograms or 139 to 154 pounds. Uh, let's call it 154 pounds. How many of the average equipment loads that Navy SEALs carry go into the weight of a Baikal SEAL? All right. Here's a hint. A SEAL's equipment load uh, largely depends on the mission. Extensive surveillance missions might require heavier loads. However, we're looking for the high end of the average load for a short-term mission. Typical equipment includes weapons, ammo, armor goggles, climbing gear, and communication equipment like a radio. I mean, radios are pretty 
pretty light these days. Um, but I imagine the rest of that's pretty heavy. So I'm pretty sure that that like standard crucible run that Marines have to do is like I think 60 pounds you have to you have to carry. So I'm gonna go with solid 75 pounds, which means uh, how many do you, how many pounds did you say the seal was? 154. Okay, I'm gonna go with two. Two two uh, Navy SEAL equipment loads go into the weight of this actual SEAL. The correct answer is 3.85. Ah. Uh, uh, wow, they seal, don't carry a lot. Seals carry as much as 40 pounds on average for short-term missions. Well, like the what your guess might be true for missions that require heavier equipment. Like wow. they said, surveillance missions what or, that require specific instruments might mean that the steels are carrying more. Such lightweights there. Sure, yeah. What are they doing? I could do that. Give me, give me 40 pounds. I'll, I'll climb something. Yeah, yeah, you'll climb something, but can you also do whatever the mission is, which is probably involves swimming and climbing and running? I saw American Sniper. No, but they they are all over the world. They're spec they ops. They don't necessarily like the world's most elite soldiers. So <laughs> anyway, neat. They're for special occasions. <laughs> There's the spe- they're, 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 they're spec ox. Special, yeah. special occasion soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what James Bond is. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's just there for special occasions. He's he works for the Ministry of Special Occasions for he, England. He, he needs to know how to order the coolest drink. Yeah, which is a martini, shaken not stirred. Which I I disagree. I I also disagree. Um, <laughs> let's. Are you? Do you have any fast facts? Yes, I do have fast facts. Uh, so NERPA are the only exclusive freshwater seal on Earth. Lots of seals can go in both because, you know, they're not fish. They can go in both uh, fresh and salt water. But um, NERPA are exclusively freshwater because they uh, only live in one place in the world. They live in Lake Baikal. They're Baikal seals and they live in ba- Lake Baikal, which is a, a massive banana-shaped freshwater lake in southeastern Russia near Mongolia. So, um, needless to say, it's it's pretty cold there, and it's very remote. But, uh, yeah, they're, on, they're only found in this one spot. Uh, and in Lake Baikal, they mostly eat this oil fish called Golomianka. I think sounds delicious. Right. Or Golomianka. Golomianka, that sounds right. Um, and it's only found in this lake. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, exclusives, PlayStation exclusives here in the like <laughs> in Lake Vita. It's not like that. Yeah. It's like Baikal. Um, uh, and they'll also eat sometimes they'll sometimes eat uh, shrimp like invertebrates, mollusks, uh, isopods, and they'll also eat other fish, but ninety percent of their diet is this Golomianka. They they can live up to fifty years, which is longer a lot longer than most seals uh and they're mostly solitary animals spending most of their time uh miles away from other baikal seals um however they do congregate um in plumps (laughs) in in plumps of up to (laughs) 500 
um, in the springtime when they molt, meaning getting rid of their old uh, coat and, and buying a new one, um, and also to mate. So whenever any pinniped, which I mentioned earlier, is seal-like animals, including walruses, uh, whenever they leave the water and go up on land, uh, it's called hauling out, which makes them sound like dangerous bikers. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this seal is hauling out <laughs> onto land to sleep. All right, boys, let's catch some sun and haul out. Let's of haul, here. yeah, let's haul out. <laughs> um, and but when they molt, uh, Nerpa haul themselves out and don't eat or move for f- like several days until that molt is complete, which exposes them to hunters. Like hunters can just walk straight up to them and pick them up. Because they're so weak, um, they go into this kind of torpid state, and it also exposes them to overheating, which is seems odd that in like a, the Siberian wilderness, um, in like April, that something could die of overheating. But the reality is that seals are meant they're they're made to live in cold water and cold climates and because of that they are not made to live in hot ones so they can very easily overheat and it also has led to them being hunted a lot but they are they're not in danger of being uh, extinct they're they're of least concern on a lighter note uh, as we mentioned earlier, I watched a video of them painting and playing the saxophone in a Russian aquarium, and it was so heartwarming that I ran a temperature. <laughs> and lastly, having and taking care of seal pups is called pupping, which is, mm. it's just, it, it's, it's just, that's a cute word. That's what you spend a lot of your days doing. Yep. I'm usually pupping. But um, that's, that's all I got. Oh, uh, Lake Baikal is... I don't know if this is going to be part of your major facts. I don't want to step on any toes, but it is the deepest lake in the world. It sure is. I don't have the measurements because I didn't look them up because I thought they would be part of Measure Up. Um, But maybe you have something to say about that. Uh, I don't have the measurements. I don't think. Well, okay. Well, I'll get into the major fact while we do that. Okay. Uh, The Baikal Seal lives in, as you said, the largest lake by volume in the world, it's so big. Here's something of a measurement. It contains 22% of the world's surface freshwater. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, it's the deepest lake in the world. It all, it, it's also... It, it's got more... It's bigger than the all of the Great Lakes combined. It has uh, a, a maximum depth of 5,387 feet. That's a lot. It's quite a bit. Um, it's also cold in winter months, dipping below zero degrees Fahrenheit, uh, about 14, minus 14 Celsius. The The surface of the lake freezes for up to five months out of the year. Uh, and the ice can be as thick as uh, 0.5 to 1.4 meters or 1.6 to 4.6 feet. And in these areas of special thickness, it can be up to six feet deep, uh, thick. Um, so how does a seal live in water that is completely frozen for, well, not completely, the surface is completely frozen for nearly half the year. 
they rely on the water for food, food and protection. Their biggest predators are probably like, besides people, is bears and other land predators. So they need to get access to that water. So while the ice is still thin, they break holes in it for easy access to the water. Um, these holes are around five, 15 to uh, 20 centimeters. And as they swim around looking for food, they need to be able to get to the surface to breathe every so often. Um, straying too far from a, an air hole can mean death. So to increase their foraging area, they will make new holes from under the ice. To do this, they mm -hmm. breathe in air and release it underneath the ice to form a bubble. A bikel buble, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> At low temperatures, the carbon dioxide dissolves from these bubbles and oxygen from the water diffuses into the bubble. So it'll actually get more oxygen and and get rid of carbon dioxide uh, on its own. So the seals also take the bubble with them like a scuba tank, kind of like dragging it to like little divots in the ice as they go so they can return and breathe a bit. But... The real magic is what happens when the bubbles are left in one spot. Uh, they get, these bubbles can bore a hole into the ice to make a new air hole. So like they, they, these, this air, I guess, air pocket just kind of erodes away at the, the, this ice divot until it just uh, creates a new, a new air hole. And then if ice starts to, like freeze again, the water starts to freeze again, then they'll just break through it, the, the thin ice. I'm trying to imagine them grabbing a bubble and taking it with them. I think they breathe it in. Oh, they, <laughs> they just <laughs> suck it up, go to some I, other spot. I've seen video. There's a video. I forget, There's some Netflix documentary where I think they actually will like breathe it par partially and just like kind of move it like you're you know, transferring a bubble from one bubble stick to another, just using that surface tension or whatever the surface of a bubble is called. I think that counts. The event it's horizon. Still, it's, wa it's where water meets gas. But goodness, that sounds like a terrifying existence. Just The like corona. <laughs> the, the corona of the bubble. Is that what it's called? That's I think. Like, that's no, like what the edge of the, the sun is called. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. It's not. I don't think that's what a bubble is um but the seal pups are actually born during the winter inside little ice dens um that are formed uh in ice domes but they'll create little dens in these in the ice and the temperature inside these dens is much warmer than the outside air reaching up to 15 degrees warmer in celsius so they're like igloos and they're warmed by the body heat of the mothers and the babies that are inside so the babies are in there pretty much all winter and the mother comes comes and goes to feed but there are always she's feeding her 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 pups in the igloo so it creates this like they called it a microclimate inside the igloo I feel like it would melt the ice maybe right and then uh, they just fall in <laughs> once the once it does in the summer once or in the spring, once spring rolls around, it the ice melts and exposes these baby pups, and before they lose their their 
they're vulnerable during this time because they're still dependent on their mother and they can't they can't basically move from this partially exposed den and because if they if they do then the mother might not be able to find them and mm-hmm. they can't survive on their own and at this point bears can find them and eat them and stuff so that's their vulnerable stage wow so they're it just sounds like this terrifying existence where you're just going from like tiny air pocket to tiny air pocket but i bet you they, they can hold their breath for a while right yeah i didn't see how long they could hold their breath but apparently this like little scuba tank though is enough for them to be able to come and go so this says they can um, dive to depths of um, 1300 feet uh, for more than 40 minutes that's a fifth of the total depth of the lake right you said it was like 5,000 feet deep yeah about 5,300 feet deep so it's about about a quarter of the 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 depth of the lake or the deepest part of the lake at least Baikal seals have two liters more blood than any other seal of their size and they can stay underwater for up to 70 minutes if wow. they're frightened um gross so they the, <laughs> apparently this the lake is growing there's a a river that runs from it to the ocean and as like the river widens um, and the river's waters become alive. <laughs> Not doing this again. Uh, <laughs> well, as the as this lake gets bigger and bigger, once it reaches the actual ocean, it's a candidate to become the world's next ocean. Oh, like a ocean or sea? I know they the the documentary said ocean, but uh, what's the difference between an ocean and a sea? Uh, because a sea is for cookie. Is, yeah, it's for Cookie, and Cookie is for me. And C is for Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, Sparrow with a machine gun. Um, well, like, you have, like, the Black Sea and um, the Caspian Sea, the Mediterranean. They're, in, they're encapsulated by land, which, I, I mean, I guess oceans are encapsulated Oh, does it require, does it require salt water to be a sea? I don't know. But I feel like this is bigger than sea, certain seas. I think it's just... It, it. I think what they mean is once this lake actually reaches the ocean, it would be an ocean in and of itself. But it's really thin. I don't know. I, I like sea better for this. The Mediterranean is... is I mean, has a huge surface area. That's very true. If, if that's not an ocean, then I don't know what is. I mean, I know what is. The Atlantic and Pacific and <laughs> Indian and Arctic. Well, it's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's an admirable aspiration. Going more power to it, you know? I mean, that's, 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 that's too ambitious for me. I'll never be a C. Well, that's because you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> but that's all I got. All right. Uh, well, that was the, uh, the, the, the Baikal sea, Seal or the, uh, the nerpa by the way uh when you get a chance look up pictures of the the nerpa um but also look up pictures of lake baikal it's amazing the way that this place freezes over because it looks like it flash freezes in a lot of areas and like methane bubbles get trapped underneath fish get frozen waves get frozen in place uh this place i mean this this it looks like just one of like the natural wonders of the world. I want to go visit. 
if it weren't in the middle of absolutely nowhere, <laughs> then I might. <laughs> so with that, for you out there in Podcastia, uh, dive deep. Keep oxygen on hand. And be sure to molt in a safe, chilled area when you haul out like the Nerpa here in life, death, and taxonomy. Howdy, LDT listeners. Did you know that Life, Death, and Taxonomy now has t-shirts? That's right, we have t-shirts and hoodies and shirts for kids. Just go to ldtaxonomy.com slash taxonomy tees and click the link, or go to teespring.com slash stores slash taxonomy tees and take a look at the selection. If you find something you like, each purchase goes to support the show. But whether you partake of our taxonomic t-shirt treasure trove or not, thanks for listening and engaging. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. (laughs) I have a joke for you. All right. I mean, there's the setup and everything. What do you call a Baikal seal that runs out of oxygen and doesn't have a bubble to go back to? What? A purple nerpa. I knew it. (laughs) I thought that came to my brain the instant I said, what? (laughs) It's perfect. It's a perfect joke.